We didn't understand redemption. We don't know we belong to Jesus. Now, our faith in the blood of Jesus is the faith in the finished So when you say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Now, if you don't have the understanding of what the blood of Jesus did for you at redemption, you can't come short of the glory of God again because you have been redeemed from So we are not outside the holies of holies. We are born in the holies of holies. We are where God is. And that's what the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, in Christ is holy. Jesus described him dying for our sin and resurrecting for our righteousness. It was a complete work. Now, if you are not resurrected, we will have died for our sin and then we will have still be struggling to be righteous. Teachings of the scripture, which is the teaching of Christ, and I title it the finished work of redemption. So we'll be looking at redemption um, this evening. A finished work of redemption. Now, why I use the word finished work is because Jesus Christ Himself uh, mentioned that it is finished. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, if you read from verse 2. Quickly, we're going to open a lot of scriptures. Jesus did not just finish the work of redemption. Jesus is a finisher. The Bible calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 4. I want to read from verse 2. The scripture says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word that was preached, or the word which they heard did not profit them, not be mixed with faith in those that heard it. For we who have believed who entered that rest, as he said, so I saw in my right, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So, uh, we as a church, we strongly believe that our redemption was finished on the cross. Um, and that brought about uh, salvation, justification, righteousness, transformation, and all that. So Jesus, we know that he is a finisher. And so we should know, and it's one of the things we must, um, you know, uh, uh, have as a conclusion in our mind, that when it comes to redemption, it is settled and it is finished. Um, I remember Jesus Christ saying that he's going to finish the work um, of him that sent him. John chapter 4, verse 34, John 5, 36, John 17, 6. He said, he was praying to the Father. He said, the work which you have given unto me, I have finished. Now, what does redemption mean? Quickly. Literally, it means the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. It also means action of regaining or gaining possessions of something in exchange for payment or um, clearing a debt. So it means to repurchase or to buy back. So what redemption means literally is that it's an action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. That means you redeem something from evil, redeem from, so it's been saved from evil, saved from error, saved from sin. And so we look at it that if we're saying it's a finished work of redemption which was perfected by Christ or carried out by Christ, it's saying that we're being completely saved and it was finished from sin, error, or evil. So it's a action of regaining or gaining possessions of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. So that means if you have been saved from evil 
or from sin. So there was something that was used in exchange for that salvation. So how we get there? He said, repurchase or buy back. So now let's look at it scripturally, because with that we'll be able to have that established insights concerning um, the work of redemption. Over time, we could just assume that we have been redeemed, and then if you are not taking through the study concerning it, might not be established really in our hearts. So some people still battle with a lot of things because we are going to see how some of these doctrinal teachings affect our life. Some people still battle with, um, they have sense of guilt, they have, they have, they have sin consciousness, they sometimes think that their ways are not, you know, pleasing the Father, or that their lifestyle, or they are not even sure whether they are, they have recreated spirit and all that. So, scripturally now, it means, uh, ransoming. Redemption means ransoming, deliverance, and liberation. And so we are going to really, really um, zero in on these uh, few words. It means to be rescued, to redeem means to purchase. Now, why Bible says that we are purchased or we are bought by the blood of Jesus? It means to possess, so which means the heaven possessed us. It means to rescue, it means to deliver, it means to ransom, and it means to release. So it means that if we have, you know, received Christ, we have been released into the kingdom. We have been released into the inheritance, delivered from the kingdom of darkness. And the Israelites can be used as an example of this. They were redeemed from Egypt and then they were released into Canaan. They were redeemed or rescued or delivered from the bondage of the Egyptians and then they were released into freedom. They were released into freedom. Now, redemption is complete when you were re- re- delivered from a bondage and then you were released or, you know, led into or born into a kingdom. So it means to be delivered from sin and its consequences. It means to be delivered from sin and its consequences. I like what's um, um, I saw something that was written somewhere. I think maybe it's in the scripture or another version or so. I can't really remember. He said, it's delivered from sin and liberation from captivity. Deliverance from sin and liberation from captivity. You know, the scripture says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, 13 thereabouts, it says, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. So delivered from the kingdom of darkness, that's redemption, and then we are translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. I mean, this is, this is, um, um, what Christ finished on the cross. Now let, let, let me show you something. Sin, captivity, slavery, bondage, consequences, or penalty of sins, and God's wrath are things we are redeemed from. We are redeemed from sin. Somebody say, I'm redeemed from sin. Now, the scripture says, we are redeemed from sin. We are redeemed from captivity. We are redeemed from slavery. We are redeemed from bondage. We are redeemed from consequences of sin. Now, there are people who believe they have been redeemed from sins, but they are not redeemed from consequences of sin. So they believe the way they live their life, when they were in the world, they are going to still suffer for the way they live their life in the world. Alright? So that's wrong. It's a full package. We are redeemed from sin 
and we are redeemed from the consequences or penalty of sin. And then according to the scripture, we are redeemed from God's wrath. Let's quickly see something in the book of John chapter 3, verse 36. John chapter 3, verse 36. So, as a um, believer in Christ, who is a member of this church, you must believe in the finished work of redemption. The finished work of redemption, which is by Christ. John chapter 3, I want to read from verse 35. You know the story in John chapter 3 where he told us that you have to be born again, born of the Spirit, and then your spirit born of flesh, your flesh, and then, um, um, you know, it, it went on to, it goes on to say that in verse 16, that for God so loved the world, and that he gave his only begotten son, and all that, that if you believe you have everlasting life, and all that. Uh, and in verse 35, it said, the father loved the son, and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the son has everlasting life, now, not that we have everlasting life. He say he has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see, shall not see life. So he says, he who believes the Son has already everlasting life. And then we have that life. It's called Zoe life, the God kind of life. And he said, who, who does not believe the Son shall not see life. Now look at the last statement there. He said, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now it sounds like the axe of God is already on his head. So it means that we are not under the wrath of God. Praise God. So and if we are not under the wrath of God, uh, then we are under uh, God's blessing and God's loving kindness. Glory to God. We are under God's message. Now, let's quickly look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Now, we'll get a picture of what redemption is when we go into Romans chapter 5. Let's quickly see something in Romans chapter 5. Now, Romans chapter 5, I read from verse verse, verse um, 6. We have to look into the scriptures so that we can flow along. He said, Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Alright? He said, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, so he says, We were without strength and now we didn't know right from left. Uh, we couldn't even by our efforts deliver ourselves. He said he died for the ungodly. Verse 7. He said, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone will even dare to die. He said, but God demonstrated his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He said, much more then, having now been justified by his blood. By his blood. So justification came by his blood. Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. That's God's wrath. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. He said, for if then, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Now, look at it. So we were redeemed from being an enemy of God. We are redeemed from the wrath. We are redeemed from... Same consciousness, same consequences. And then he says that, he said, we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So it was the death that brought reconciliation. Alright, not reconciliation meeting. It was the death that brought reconciliation. The Bible says when he died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. And when he was raised from the dead, we were raised uh, with him, and now that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, we are also seated with him far above our powers, principalities, and all that. 
He said, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, let's look at verse 11. He said, and not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That is, we have been reconciled, and then we have received reconciliation. Now, so, let's look at it. He said, redemption is ransoming. Redemption is deliverance. Redemption is liberation. Redemption is to be rescued, all right? It says, in all that, we receive reconciliation. So, redemption was to reconcile us to the Father. Now, if you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, God was in us reconciling the world to himself. Glory to God. So, it means that as we have been reconciled, it's through us, working the work of reconciliation, also through us. Now, let's quickly go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. You know that this is the reason for redemption. Adam was created and was given the authority over the whole earth. Adam did not just have authority on the whole earth. He was fellowshipping with God of heaven and earth. And you know what happened? They were deceived. Actually, scripture says, according to the writings of Paul Epistles, he said, Eve was deceived by Satan. And then Eve deceived Adam. And so they fell. The falling was not a physical fall. The falling was a spiritual fall. Now, it can be referred to as a spiritual death. Adam died. Adam was still physically living, but he died. So it means he was spiritually what? Dead. Now, don't forget, when Jesus Christ came and was tempting, and devil was tempting him, he said, everything that you can see took him up you know, to um, the pinnacle of the temple. And then he was showing him all the wealth of the world. He said, if you can just worship him, I will worship him. I will give you all these stuffs. Now, that was what was given to Adam. All right? But when Adam fell, he lost that authority to the devil. And so the devil now became the prince of this world. The prince of this world. Sometimes that word prince in the scripture, in the Greek word, means the author. So he lost the, you know, for you to be an author, you will have, you have authority. Glory to God. So you've been given an authority over something, so he lost it. So Adam lost that authority. If you look at the Garden of Eden very well, you know he had a lot of authority. He didn't need a boat to cross the sea. Jesus walked on water. He also walked on water. Glory to God. There were about four major powerful rivers in the Eden that was, des- that was described. Now, he didn't need any agricultural implements to cultivate or to do whatever. He was just speaking to them. And this, I mean, you might be wondering why, 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 where, where is the proof of that? I mean, God brought animals to him and he was calling them. Do you understand? So it's of God that called things that be not as though they were. The cultivation, the tendering, everything was completely supernatural. And he wasn't lacking anything. He wasn't lacking anything. So it was exactly like God. So but then the Bible says that he fell. He died. He lost his authority. Glory to God. 
And now that's what redemption has brought us back to. He came to restore us back. Alright? To that position of authority. Glory to God. So we now have the authority now by the blood of Jesus. We have it now. So look at it from Romans. With Romans now. In Romans we'll get it clearer. In Romans let's read from verse chapter 3. Um, because of time let's read from verse 21. He said, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus. To all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. Now don't forget he says he's being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the righteousness of God you can trace it and you can find it in the Old Testament. That's what it's saying. Do you understand? It was prophesied. Alright? It was prophesied. It was imputed to Abraham. Glory to God. So the righteousness existed before the law. Alright? So now look at it. I mean, you, the Bible says that the gospel was preached to Abraham. The gospel that was preached to Abraham was the gospel of death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. And now, when was it preached? It was preached when Isaac was to be sacrificed. The Bible says because he believed God, it was imputed unto him as what? Righteousness. It was credited to him. Now, we didn't work for it as well. It was credited to us. Glory to God. Now, Jesus did the work. And then we received the benefit of the work. Look at your neighbor. Say, you are redeemed. redeemed. Now, look at your neighbor. Say, you are redeemed. By the blood of Jesus. Say you have been paid for. Say you are bought. By the blood of Jesus. Now do you remember in the old testaments. There used to be scapegoats. Do you remember? When people. When they want to atone for the sin. Of the congregants. Or the congregation. Or the household of Israel. There will be a goat. That will come. And don't forget the qualification of the goat. It will be a goat without blemish. Do you remember? It will be a goat that normally robust goat and then the priest will lay hands on the goats and declare things and pray for mercy and blah 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 and the goat will be released into the wilderness do you remember what I'm saying so Jesus became scapegoat glory to God so now you see the details in the Hebrew now because the letter of Hebrew was written to the Jews the Jews converts Jewish converts it was a bit different from the ones that were written to the Gentile churches are you getting what I'm saying? So the Hebrew writer, which I believe mostly should be Paul, or somebody who was very close to Paul, a Paul associate. Alright? But people, some scholars believe it's Paul. Now, if you see those right things, he wrote to them using the Old Testament to explain the New Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now mostly you can trace the Hebrew back to Sam. You know David was a prophet? Alright. Alright? In Acts of Apostles, if you have been reading the book of Acts that we say you should read, it was referred to as a prophet by Peter. He said, him being a prophet, also prophesied concerning Christ. And so, all of them, that's why the Bible says it was attested to by the law and the prophets. Do you get it? So now, let's look at Romans chapter 3. Let's read from verse 21. He said, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody was born righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in the flesh. 
Don't forget, David said, in sin, my mother conceived me, and in sin, I was born. Do you remember? All right? So, he said, all have fallen and come short of the glory of God. Now, you can't come short of the glory of God again because you have been redeemed from that. There are people who are still praying, Lord, I've seen I've come short of your glory. You have not come short of God's glory again because you can't come short of God's glory. Are you getting what I'm saying? In Christ, you are already in glory. Glory to God. In fact, even people in the Old Testament, they had glory. That's why the Bible says that we behold with unveiled face. We move from glory to glory. If you look at it in context, that's first, um, Second Corinthians chapter 3. It was talking about the glory that passed away and the glory, alright, that abides. Much more excellent. He said if the glory that passed away could not be beheld, you know, in that Moses was so powerful, you could not, you understand? And then his face, you know, countenance and all that. And then he was describing, he said, if he was that powerful, he said how much more the glory that was brought by Christ. Are you get what I'm saying? So he said, now we, and then before that in verse 17, he said, if you turn to the Lord in verse 16, he said, the veil will be tall. Now the veil has been tall. Glory to God. So we are not outside the holies of holies. We are born in the holies of holies. Glory to God. So we are where God is. We are in God. Glory to God. Someone say, I'm in God. And that's when the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ. Now, in Christ is not outer court. In Christ is not holies. In Christ is holies of holies, as described by the temple of the Old Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where God is. Don't forget, when Jesus Christ died, the Bible says he said it is finished. And when he said the statement, it is what? Finished. Now, mind you, that's, that wasn't the last statement he made. Glory to God. He said, well, Father, in your, in your hands, I... I commit my spirit. That's the last statement. Glory. It says seven statements. Maybe we'll come, you know, during the Easter to come and look at the seven statements of Christ on the cross. Seven statements. One of them is that, Mother, behold thy son. And it has implication in the way we live our life, actually. All those seven statements. They are the last statement he said before he died on the cross. Scripture described him dying for our sin and resurrecting for our righteousness. It was a complete war. Glory to God. Now, if you had not resurrected, well, you could have died for our sin, and then we would have still been struggling to be righteous. But now we can't struggle to be righteous. We are the righteousness. He said, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, see, my righteousness came by the redemption, the finished work of Christ. He said, Jesus paid for it. Say, I didn't pay for it. I didn't work for it. Jesus worked for it. Say, glory to God. Now you have to be conscious. You see, in communion in Christ, you have to be conscious of this. You have to be conscious. It must be part of you. It must be part of your spirit. It must be part of you. All I've seen and come short of the glory of God. So this is where before... Just like Paul was writing to the Ephesians, he said, you know, we were once, we were once children of disobedience. Do you remember? And he said, we were cut off, alienated. You understand from God? We were dead. We were not alive with Him. We, we were not at peace with Him. So all of us have come short, but now we have not come short, we have not come long, we have not come mid, I mean, whichever way, we are in the glory. Glory to God. 
Because we have been redeemed by the blood. Now look at what it says in verse 24. Being justified. How many of you know that this verse 23 was very common in those days? All of us have seen that come short of the glory. All of us have seen that come short of the glory. Then they forget to read verse 24. Now thank God because verse 24 exists because of verse 23. If there was no verse 24, we'll have still be coming short of the glory of God. Now look at verse 24. It said, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now redemption was, you know, typically represented in the Old Testament, just like I described to you, they will lay hands on the goats and they will carry the sin. But you see, the goat will carry the sin into the wilderness. <laughs> and I think nobody must meet the goat. Alright? The goat mustn't go into anybody's house because the whole sin of the whole Israel will go into that person's house. And then I think according to Leviticus or so, whoever meets the goat or whatever will die or something until the goats die. But the goat never resurrected. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the goat was a yearly one. It's when you get into the Hebrew that you understand that what Christ did was just forever. Alright? Now, look at what it says. He said, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the redemption is in Christ. It's only existing in him. Sometimes people are tempted to think maybe redemption is in Muhammad. No, it's in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. It's only him. Redemption is not in Odudua. Redemption is not in Amadua. It will shock you what some believers believe. And that's why people believe you can't be, nobody else paid for you except Christ. Nobody. No blood. No blood was without blemish. You know, for Bible to say that he made him who knew no sin. So that's a pure blood. Are you getting what I'm saying? Pure blood. He made him who knew no sin. Now, don't forget the Bible says the prince of this world came to him, he found nothing in him. He found nothing in him. He was tempted in every Way. And it wasn't found wanting. So Bible says that being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Glory to God. Propitiation. Now the word propitiation, it means that God set him forth as a mercy seat. Set him forth as a mercy seat. God set him forth as a mercy seat. Somebody say mercy. mercy. And I don't wonder he says in Romans chapter 9 verse 15, he says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy upon, and I will have compassion on whom I will have what? Compassion upon. He said, come to the throne of grace that you might obtain what? Mercy. So he set Christ forth as a mercy seat. You know they used to have mercy seats in the, in the temple? And certain things were done at the mercy seat. <laughs> Look at it. So what happens at the mercy seat? Blood is presented. Blood sprinkling. Sprinkling of blood. Look at it. It's a propitiation. Look at it. By his blood. True faith to demonstrate his righteousness because 
in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. In his forbearance. So now, everyone's sin is forgiven. Now he didn't end there. He said that he might demonstrate his own righteousness. So his blood was what atoned for our sin. That he might demonstrate his what? His righteousness. I remember when we first gave our life to Christ. You know, some of us gave our life to Christ many times. And the reason why we gave it many times is because we thought that anytime we, we fell into sin or we made mistake, we have taken our life back. But look, it's not like that. It's not like that, according to the scripture. It's not like that. He said, my son, if you sin, you have an advocate. We didn't know we had an advocate. What we used to think we had was an accuser. Somebody who will always remind you that look at what you just did. And you call yourself a Christian. Do you remember in those days, if somebody just looked at you and said, and you call yourself a Christian. Ah! It will pain you. It will be as if you are on your way to hell. And you will be asking, Father, forgive me. You know, have you ever thought about it? That some people ask for forgiveness of sins for like five, ten minutes and it becomes a major prayer point? Simply because they are not aware of what Christ has done. It's not in the program of God that you should sin. He said, even if you sin, you still have an advocate. So it means that despite the fact that he has finished the work, there is advocacy work going on. He knew that even with all the work he has finished, <laughs> you can still be distracted. You can still make mistakes. You can still fall. Do you know what he said in the Old Testament? He said, the righteous man falls seven times. The righteous man. The righteous man fought seven times. No, no, no. For a righteous man to fall seven times, that means he fell the first time, he rose up. He fell the second time. Do you understand? You know, when I read, I was reading the book of Acts, where it says, uh, 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 David being a prophet. <laughs> So I, I have always known he's a prophet. I mean, by just the messianic psalms alone, you know he's a prophet. So, but then, I was now looking at the life of David. You know the life I'm talking about? Not the ones of uh, seven times I go to the presence of God, I worship. Uh, are, you, are you getting <laughs> With all his routine, with all his prophecy, with all his, do you understand that already? Uh, David. He was a murderer. I hope you know that. Yes. But you know he wasn't pronounced in the scripture. You will never see anything like that in the New Testament. Yes, sir. He was erased. Uriah just, Uriah just died. He just died. If he had known, he would have run away. <laughs> Assure message of David. Glory to God. See, let me tell you, there is nobody that redemption cannot redeem. Have you heard, have you seen about people, have you heard stories of people that you know that you know that you know that these ones deserve, like they say, the utter part of the hell. 
You know, <laughs> you know the way we reason. Which one is the oldest part of here? <laughs> you know the way people imagine things. It's so funny. Like the way they cook in their house. They say this this part of the gas is the oldest. The, the flame. When the flame is blue, you see scientists too. They say when it's blue, <laughs> a bluish greenish flame is more powerful than the yellowish. Scientists. They say the hottest part of the which one is the hottest part of the hell? So that means we are going to have the coolest part of heaven. The whole level is cool, man. Praise God. What do you want to even go and do in hell? Why are you still talking about the hottest part of hell? So he said, this guy, he deserves to be in the hottest part of the. I mean, you can see the way we even have a sense of judgment within ourselves on the earth. People that God has not even judged. We have concluded about them. And then, redemption saves them. You know God has paid for everybody? God has, including the imams. I'm talking about people who are unbelievers presently. The Jesus' death and resurrection was, is for all. Glory to God. But we have found grace. Glory to God. God has located us. And we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory, glory. Now, if you want to really understand what Jesus did, go and read Isaiah 53. It will take our time. That's why I'm not reading it. It's not just about healing. By his stripes, we are healed. Go and read it. Even the healing aspect, say he was bruised. You get it? Uh He was wounded. Alright? So now, read Isaiah 54. Read Psalm 22. Read Psalm 88. You understand the redemptive work of Christ. How it was prophesied ahead of time. Alright? Now, um, let's look at um, verse 26 of this Romans chapter 3. He said, To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just, and he might be just, and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, what does he mean by saying that he might be just? What does he mean? That God himself, in sacrificing himself or his son, is justice. Do you get that? Is justice. That's why the Bible says that he put his name under his word. Because he knew the accuser was going to stand and said, well, nobody deserves to be freed except there is a blood. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says that if the prince of this world know, they will not have crucified. They will put Jesus Christ in Rose Rolls. They will give him bodyguards. They will protect him from dying. Are you getting what I'm saying? But his main reason was to come and die. And but they didn't know. Glory to God. For some of us that think devil knows, devil don't know. Devil doesn't know. It's those things that you are loose that you say into his ears that he knows. Glory to God. Don't just be loose with statements. Devil doesn't know anything. He doesn't know. He said, for if you had known, just like the way you are being crucified now, the way you are being persecuted, the way you are being disturbed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Bribing your place of work. Are they known? Are they known? Because God is working out something. Glory to God. It might look like a death experience now. The resurrection harvest is coming. Because it will be a story that have they known. Glory to God. They will not have crucified the Lord. See, look, it was, God was going to be just because, just like he requested for blood in the Old Testament, there must be blood. Are you getting what I'm saying? There must be blood. 
Now don't forget when Adam sinned. What happened? You know he killed an animal and used his skin to cover them, right? There must be blood. Redemption. Despite the covering of that animal's skin and the shedding of that animal's blood, they left Eden. But that was a type or a description or figurative expression, something that symbolizes what Jesus Christ was going to do for the redemption of mankind. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was going to be split open and the blood would gush out of him and then we will have a place in him. Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm in him. Alright? So, he said that he might be the just and justifier. So, God is our justifier and he has justified us. Glory to God. So, I am justified. Alright? I am justified. Now, um, let's go to, let's see something in the book of... Um, Jesus became our redemption in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. It was not just our, our wisdom. It was not just our, um, our righteousness. It became our redemption. It became our redemption. Now let's quickly look at something. Jesus Christ is our redeemer who paid with his blood life and hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18. Let's see something in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18. Let's just read some of these scriptures and explain them. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18. He said, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Do you see that? As of a lamb without blemish and without what? Spot. Now let me tell you something about the blood of Jesus Christ. Primarily the blood of Jesus Christ is not to be to be pleaded. Let me let you know. In the scripture, primarily the blood of Jesus Christ is was presented. Not primarily to be pleaded. It was presented as a sacrificial atonement blood to atone for our sin, for the remission of sins, for our redemption. Primarily, Believers are more conscious of pleading the blood in times of trouble than what the blood has done for them. Now, I'm not saying you should not plead the blood. There are people who preach against pleading the blood. But I will tell you, you have no right to plead the blood if you don't have the understanding that the blood was what was used to buy it. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was the atonement. Now, you will not even have a full understanding. It will not be forceful when you say the blood of Jesus. You know, the understanding of the name of Jesus is what delivers. Is what responds when you call the name of Jesus. The understanding you have. You know, the name of Jesus is not just the name of Jesus like we call the name of Jesus. It's character of Jesus. It's the ability of Jesus. That's the name of... When you say in the name of Jesus, you are calling on the character and the ability of Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just like that um, uh, prophet said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Is calling on the character, the holiness, the ability, the capability. Do you get what I'm saying? So when you say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Now, if you don't have the understanding of what the blood of Jesus did for you at redemption, it will work. It will work. And understanding what the blood did for you at redemption, for your ransom. You know what it means to play, pay ransom? In Nigeria, you should understand what ransom means now. 
Alright? If you have ever been kidnapped before, your neighbor has been kidnapped. I remember I was on my way one day traveling from one city to the other. I got a call that a bishop was, an archbishop was kidnapped and then we should pray and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, if you don't have ransom, you can only pray for the kidnapped to be released. And there are people that were lost one distant uncle to the kidnappers. Up to now, they can't find so when those people went in deep search, diabolically, spiritually, you know, when you are looking for something, you go in diverse ways. Diverse ways. So they went and they said, uh, this person is no more. And they've killed him. And see, they had money for ransom. That is his elder brother had serious money for ransom. So I said somebody is kidnapped and they said you should bring 100 million because I, I heard they don't ask for small money. That's why you should make sure you are not kidnapped. God can't be blessing me to pay ransom. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just like God can't be blessing you financially to be buying drugs. Bible says his blessing is without sorrow. Do you remember? So, the money you paid in order to get the person in their bondage or in the captivity freed is ransom. The blood of Jesus that was presented or Christ that was made a sacrifice, the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the earth. Of the world was the ransom. I hope that is clear. Now, our faith in the blood of Jesus is the faith in the finished work of Christ. The faith in the blood of Jesus. Do you remember in Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, 5, 6? He said, He that washed us. Let's open to Revelation chapter 1. We'll come back to First Peter. Revelation chapter 1. I know, because somebody will say that, and they overcame by the words of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Yes, there is victory in redemption. Are you getting what I'm saying? But let me tell you, there is no victory, there is no salvation, there is no grace without ransom, without redemption. Alright? There is no justification. You can hear that he might demonstrate his righteousness. You can hear that it might be the just and justifier of those who believe in him. Every other thing you talk about, the just of, I mean, you claim it. And the righteousness of God, it made him only no sin. So, ransom. The lamb that was without blemish. That was what was presented. Revelation chapter 1 verse, verse I think it should be verse 5. It said, I'm from Jesus, the faithful witness. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the head, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You see that? In his own blood. And has made us kings and priests. Now, sometimes you don't understand what your priestly grace and your kingly anointing is based upon. Redemption. If it has not taken place, we can't be kings and priests. 
Now let me tell you something. Being conscious of being a king and priest is not complete without being conscious of being redeemed. Being conscious of the finished work of redemption. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you know that in our world now, there are people who sacrifice animals and human beings to be kings? So he said, by the way we became kings and priests is through the way of the blood. Are you getting what I'm saying? The blood of Jesus. So it's not a... Um, um, uh, and blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Eh, you know, that is, it's beyond that. It primarily, is redemption. Glory to God. It's redemption. Some people still argue that you don't need to plead it. But we don't argue it. I remember, I think it was Mark Hankins that said, he said when he first took one girlfriend home, and that girlfriend was dressing, was wearing skimpy dress, you know. Uh, just like you have them here in Nigeria, you have them in the United States. Those kind of ladies, Harlem types, and all those kind of stuff. And then as the lady got home, the mother, he said, he, he already knew that his mother is the conservative spiritual, and you needed to see the picture of Makankis when he was young. He himself was looking like a bad guy. So now, he said, as he got home, he said, um, um, come and meet my mama. I said, the mama said, the blood of Jesus. Any little thing, the blood of Jesus. Any little thing, the blood of Jesus. He said, well, to call the long story short, he said, the lady left. Pleading the blood works. <laughs> Pleading the blood works. <laughs> and there's a place, I can't remember now, in the Romans, where you say, if you have faith in the blood, you know, Bible says the blood that speaks better thing than the blood of Abel. Glory to God. Now let's go back to that first Peter. He said, then without blemish and without spot. He said, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Can you imagine? Your faith and your hope in God is based on the sacrificial work of redemption. The atonement. The finished work of redemption. Look at what it says in verse 22. It says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now look at it. Being born of the word is based on the shedding of the blood. Being born of the word is based on the shedding of the blood. You see that? Titus chapter 2 verse, verse 11. Now you all know that Titus chapter 2 verse 11 talks about the grace of God which has appeared to all men. He said the grace has appeared to all men. All believers. All uh, family members. The grace has appeared to them. People that are yet to be born. The grace has appeared to all men. He said teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust which should, be, which should live soberly um, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Now look at verse 14. 
closely. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zeal for good works. You see that? Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us? That he might redeem us. Glory to God. Let's see Ephesians chapter 1. When you mention Ephesians chapter 1, three verses come to your mind. Number 1, verse 3. Number 2, verse 17, 18, 19, 20. But I want to show you another verse that is as important as those other verses. If not more, more important, sir. Ephesians chapter 1. We are blessed with God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Before the foundation of the world. So now, what qualifies us to be chosen was the Lamb of God that was slain, do you remember? Before the foundation of the world. Look at verse 5. It says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good player of his will. If you have the opportunity, we'll look at adoption. It's also a doctrinal understanding that we should know. He says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Somebody say, I'm accepted in the beloved. Alright, so that means you have been accepted, you are not rejected, you belong to the family of Christ, alright, and you are a beloved believer. Now look at it in verse 7. He said, in him we have redemption through his blood. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. He's not going to allow any devil to take what he has purchased. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, no, no. Do you look, do you know how you, you, you hold on to what you have purchased? Alright? Bible says the thief comes was to steal, kill, and what? And destroy, right? Now God can purchase you and allow thief to steal you. You always look for a way to come back to the knowledge of the truth. For you to come back. Even if you deviate. And let me tell you, there is no price that is worth the blood of Jesus. There is no price. Huh? There's no price. The book of Hebrew will explain better when we get there. Look at what it says. In him we have, re- we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his, of his grace. We have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. One of the things that redemption brings is forgiveness of sins. It didn't just atone for our sins. It brings about the forgiveness of our sins. You know, atonement is different from forgiveness. It's different from remission. Glory to God. He said, whosoever sins you remit, it is remitted. Now look at it. First Timothy chapter... Before we go to Hebrew, let's go to let's do First Timothy. 
First Timothy chapter 2 verse 6. Let's read from verse 5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ. The man Christ. Now, he said the man Christ Jesus. Now this was done when he was man on the earth. Look at the next verse. Who gave himself a ransom for all? Can you see that? He gave himself a ransom for all. To be testified in due time. He gave himself a ransom for all. Alright? Hmm. Colossians chapter 1. There's something in Colossians chapter 1. Giving thanks to the Father, verse 12, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, there are some things I'm mentioning that at the end of the day I will just list them. That are primary things that we got by redemption, via his blood. Forgiveness of sins is one of them. Alright? So let's open our Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to read from verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Can you see that? He committed, that's why he says he was without blemish. Who, when he was revived, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. Is that clear? By whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. Glory to God. So you see that. Now let's do Hebrew before we close. But before we get to Hebrew, I want us to do one scripture more. Where the Bible says that we're bought. I think it should be 1 Corinthians chapter 6, right? Where we was talking about all things are all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. And he started talking about halotry. Yes, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Alright. Now, let's read from verse 17. It says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Now, look at it. He said, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So that... He, it's like anytime you engage in sexual immorality, you are making the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells inhabitable. Like you are getting him uncomfortable. You see that? It becomes inactive. Verse 20. For you were bought with a price. 
Let's read verse 20 together. One, two, three, go. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, you let put for you were bought with a price. Let's do something. Go to Second Corinthians chapter 5. There's a place in Second Corinthians chapter 5 that I like to. Where it says that when you live, you should no longer live for your for yourself. Verse 14, he said, For the love of God compels us, because we judged us. If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Glory to God. So you see that? It was by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that for Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. For cost is he that is hanged on the tree, as it is written. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the what? The Gentiles. And with might receive this, the promise of the Spirit by, by faith. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Now let's close with Hebrew. There are some um, scriptures I just want us to see in Hebrew. Now, say after me, say, I am the redeemed of the law. Say, I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Say, therefore, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am justified by faith. Say, I am healed by his stripes. Say, I am blessed. Say, all my sins are forgiven. Say, I have access to the Father. Because I am saved by grace. Say, I have victory in Christ. Say, I have victory in Christ. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He said, all good things are mine in Christ Jesus because I'm redeemed by his blood. If you believe that, can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Hebrews chapter 2, I read verse 9. He said, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering, that crowned him with glory and honor, that by grace of God might... that." By the grace of God, my taste death for everyone. So he took that. For everyone. Look at verse 10. He said, for it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, who all things, and by whom? For whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? Sufferings. You see that? In bringing many sons to glory. Now, so we have not come short of the glory of God. We have been brought to glory. Amen? You know, Scripture says that by His divine power, He has brought us to glory and virtue. Alright? By His divine power. Now, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Now, let's read from verse 11. It said, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. You know, there's something, there's, there's something that is funny here. You know, the high priest in the Old Testament will lay hands on the goods, right? Uh-huh. Christ presented himself. Christ didn't look for goods. Glory to God. Probably was tempted. You know, when he said cups will pass over him, maybe he wanted to use goods. <laughs> But he said never that your will must come to pass. Alright? Else we will have remained in our sin. 
Look at it. Temple not made with hands. Verse 12, it says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. He, redemption is eternal. Someone say eternal redemption. Someone say, I'm eternally redeemed. He said, once and for all, glory to God. Someone say, once and for all. Once and for all. He said, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of Ephraim, sprinkling the unclean sacrifices for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through, you know the word Christ means the blood of the anointed? Who through, look at it, who through the eternal spirit offered himself. Now he couldn't have offered himself by himself, but it was through the spirit. The Bible says, the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, they had him to die. That's why the Bible says that he gave up his ghost. They didn't kill him. Glory to God. He gave us his ghost. So through the eternal spirit offered himself for our eternal redemption. Look at it. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spots to God, cleanse your conscience. You know it was God that offered himself to God and the sacrifice was accepted by God from God. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, Jesus was God in flesh. Was made a little below the Elohim. For him to be accepted by the Elohim. Was presented to the Elohim. The sacrifice was not offered to devil. Don't, don't think Jesus was offered to devil. Did you get what I'm saying? Oh, don't miss this. Don't miss. <laughs> Jesus' blood was not shed so that the devil might be appeased. Jesus' blood was shed so that God must, might be appeased. Do, do you get it? Devil is not part of the equation. The only thing devil did was to help him arrange people that would crucify. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what Bible says if the prince of this world had known, he would not have crucified. You get that? So there are certain things devil is arranging around you now. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's why Paul says that we know ye in all these things. We are more than conquerors. Glory to God. Ye in all these things. Now let me tell you something. He said he that gave his son. How shall he not give us freely? All things. All things. And before that he said all things are working together for our good. Whether crucifixion, persecution, whatever. Glory to God. Now look at what he said. He offered himself without spots, cleansed himself, blah, blah, blah. You know, that cleans your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He said, and for this reason is the mediator of the new covenant for, by means of death, for the redemption of transgression under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Well, for where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. So that means redemption was not just redemption to redeem us from sin, it also took us into inheritance. Glory to God. That's what he's saying. Hebrew 10. They will close with Hebrew 10.
There's a song. I don't know, maybe I, I will sing it right. Um, I am glad I belong to Jesus. Have I belong to Jesus. Tutu. Tutu. I am glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my... I am glad. I am glad. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my Lord. I am glad. I am glad. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my Lord. Amen. Redemption had a lot of impact. <laughs> we didn't understand redemption. We don't know we belong to Jesus. How? If devil comes now and says, how do you belong to Jesus? You. You belong to me. You belong, you belong to me. <laughs> and you know if devil is laughing, according to the drama we used to have in those days. You belong to me. Hebrew 10. I remember the, there was drama we acted and then the demon was sick. The devil was sick in that drama. I think, was it also another drama group? Did, you know the devil, the devil was wearing black and all those things. And the devil vomited rice on the stage. The devil needed redemption. <laughs> he vomited rice. There's nothing we have not seen before in our lives. <laughs> and then when you are wearing that demon garment, that costume, you know, you'll be pleading the blood. You'll be praying. Go, 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 go. Ah, we used to be afraid. We used to do things. Do you understand? Although some of us, we had this boldness from where we, we, we couldn't explain it, but we had the boldness. But we could saw fear in the hearts of the people. We could see fear there. But if you are glad and you are aware that you are redeemed by the blood, you'll be bold. You'll be bold. You sleep like a baby and wake up. You are redeemed. Your dream is redeemed. Are you getting what I'm saying? No nightmare. See, I had a lovely dream recently. A happy dream. But I don't even sleep to the realm of dream. And then when I've accumulated a lot of dream like this, when I've chopped dream, you know what I mean? I'm hoeing myself a lot of sleep. That's what I mean by that. And then I need to sleep. I will now sleep beyond the dreamland. But normally when I sleep, I don't sleep. So I had a dream. God just came to me and told me. He said, you know, ah, he corrected me in the dream. And he told me, he said, you see, concerning this, concerning this, he said, okay, ask me three things. Ah, when I, when I woke up, <laughs> my brother, <laughs> but you see, the wisdom there is this, when he told me that, I mean, you see people having nightmares. Were you redeemed by the blood? Are you conscious that you were redeemed? The Bible says he made him to be propitiation for our sins. What could have found? Do you know we find out that sicknesses, issues, and all those things can be traced to sin? And he says these sins have been blotted out. You see it in the, in the book of Hebrews. I want to hear about my dream. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me read from verse 1. It says, For the Lord, having a shadow of the good things to come, 
and not the very image of the things, can never, with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. He said, he couldn't have made them perfect. So what happened to us? Look at it, verse 2. He said, for, for then would they not have ceased, oh, time is gone, to be offered for the worshippers, once purified, will have had no more consciousness of sins. No. Can you see that? You know, sin consciousness can be worse than sin. So he talks about those sacrifices. The blood of bulls and goats. Because of time, let me just cut it. Let's go to verse 12. He talks about all their sacrifices and all that and all that. Um, let's read from verse 11. It says, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Can you see? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, one sacrifice for sins, not one sacrifice for one sin, he says, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till the, his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Somebody say, I'm perfected forever. Say, I'm sanctified. He said, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds, and in their minds, I will write them. Now, let's go to, ah, okay, let's go to verse 17. He said, and he has, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Can you see that? He has, and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of this, there is no longer an offering for sin. Do you see that? Verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Can you see that? He said, by a new and living way which is consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. Now, when he died for sin, the veil tore. Now, verse 21. He said, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He's not talking about saturated water. You know, water is symbolic. The blood. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Then from there you can read on. Not forsaking the assemblies of the brethren is based on the sacrifice that he made once and for all. Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Say, I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now, let me tell you the redemption packages. Number one, salvation by grace. Number two, forgiveness of sin. Number three, access to the Father. Number four, victory in Christ. Number five, justification by faith. Number, number six, accepted in the beloved. Number seven, righteousness of God. Number eight, all good things are has in Christ. And so on and so forth. Talking about your inheritance, talking about every other thing you can think of. Everything is based on the finished work of redemption. We know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's word by Pastor Tucker of Messiah. 
brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact plus 234-8035-858047 or send a mail to talkwayaobisayo at gmail.com. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny.